You're listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journey here at UVic. I'm very happy to have my guest in the studio today, Chong Soo Kim, who's a political science PhD student here at UVic, um, studying the role of social movements and democracy in South Korea and Taiwan by conducting interviews with citizens. This is really interesting. Um, also, you're a recipient of the 2013 Vanier Canada Scholarship. So welcome and thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, let's talk about your research. What? Uh, why did you come to this and what made you want to study this? So I was an uh, activist uh, mm-hmm. in South Korea, and I was deeply engaged in the uh, student movement in the 1980s. And so, and so one of the, my uh, focus uh, for the past years was how social movements uh, contributed to the democratization in East Asian countries. And so, and after. The student movements. I also uh, worked as a, a social movement activist in Korea mm-hmm. and also in Eastern Eastern Asian areas. And then, so this kind of experiences, yeah, motivated mm-hmm. me to, yeah. Wow. So, how did you become a, an a- activist? What made you want to to become involved? There is kind of uh, family background and also kind of. Uh, yeah, so social environment. For instance, uh, my parents are yeah, both uh, workers. Yeah, work, yeah, kind of working class. And then, so I think it is uh, unfair because uh, they worked very hard, but uh, their life situation was, uh, I think, not so terrible, but uh, uh, terrible. And but uh, so. At the time, the government, uh, the South Korean government, the South Korean Taiwan is famous for the economic development and its miracle and so, and strong state. And but uh, so there are lots of uh, resistance against the economic exploitation and also environmental disasters and and so on. So and I I was also kind of a working class. I stopped uh, studying. So uh, high school because of my so financial problems, mm-hmm. and then so I worked as a worker, and then so finally I decided to go enter the university, and then in the university, so I met lots of activists who mm-hmm. are you know, deeply engaged in democratic movement in South Korea. How long between um, between high school and uh, and going to university was there a, a long gap while you decided? Uh, just. Uh, just three years, mm-hmm. yeah, just years, and I worked in a factory and also yeah, delivered newspapers and mm-hmm. yeah, and so on and so on for three years. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I collected lots of experience. Yeah, was there a point while you were doing that where you just thought, okay, I have to go to university now, um, or was it sort of as time passed, you just more and more thought you wanted to go to university? I guess was there any re- one event that made you want to continue your mm-hmm. studies? Yeah. So, in yeah, especially in East Asian, East Asian countries, university means a lot. Mm-hmm. And so without any uh, so certification of university grade, then there is no uh, future for, for you to have kind of yeah, decent jobs. And then so that is one reason. And the other is so I met some of the friends while I was working as a worker. Uh, and these are the students activists they try to raise awareness of workers. And then, yeah, so some of uh, them 
yeah, motivated me to study, mm-hmm. so to enter the university, and then so I decided. <laughs> so what did you study when you first went to university? So I at first uh, so studied English language and English literature, mm-hmm. and so because they can so makes uh, more money compared to other jobs, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and the other reason was so as you may know that. The South Korean so society is uh, highly so dominated by Confucian cultures, and then so I want to study history, but uh, my parents <laughs> forced me to 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 study English mm. language because uh, that has more future than mm. than history scholar. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so did you did your degree in English, your undergrad degree in English literature, then in English. Yeah, and so. It took for me uh, 17 years to have a grade mm-hmm. because I was expelled two times uh, from the university. Expelled? Why were you expelled? Uh, so I was deeply engaged in student movement. Mm-hmm. And then so I was a kind of, there is a stru- struggle committees for, for so mass uprising in 1987. And I was the chair of that movement. Mm-hmm. And then so... Uh, yeah, the university was, I think, under pressure to expel me from the university. And then mm-hmm. after the, uh, so the mass uprising in 1987, that was very successful. And then so I could go uh, go back to the university. Mm-hmm. And then so after half an hour, they expelled me again. Whoa, that's pretty quick. And then after 16 or 15 or 16 years later, I so decide to to study again. (laughs) That's a long gap. What were you doing in between? Yeah, in between, I was deeply engaged in social movements, especially for for anti-corruption movement. Mm -hmm. And so this is the... Well, the organization I was engaged in was kind of uh, international... uh, so NGO, so non-governmental mm-hmm. organization, so so related to anti-corruption and transparency, mm-hmm. and so between those years, I was deeply engaged in social movements. Mm. Yeah. So, what kind of work were you doing then when you were working with them? Were you gathering information or interviewing people, or how how did that work with the with the NGO? So there are lots of activities. For instance, you have so you develop kind of a. Uh, so plans mm-hmm. how to raise awareness of the people and youth and how and also there are lots of uh, activities to to monitor the political the politicians activities whether they spend the tax right. <laughs> decently <laughs> or they just uh, hang around and just spend and waste the tax uh, and and one of the so major uh, activities was how to reform the the governmental pro- procurement process, and because the especially construction and also government procurement, there are lots of uh, corruptions. Mm. Because the for instance, East Asian countries, and there are strong state, and strong state means that strong, the state has uh, they control uh, lots of resources and mm-hmm. powers, and then so that means there. Uh, lots of corruptions and scandals. Hmm. And so one of the major tasks is to monitor and also propose some kind of alternatives, hmm. how to reduce the corruption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
How uh, how did it, were you received by I guess sort of uh, the community at large that you were living in? You're talking about raising awareness among people. Was it difficult to get people involved in your cause or sympathetic to your cause? Was there resistance there, or were, did you find that people were sort of embracing what you were doing and happy to see that kind of work? So usually it is not easy, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, so corruption is kind of. Uh, that is kind of rhythms. It is kind of uh, seasonal topics because mm-hmm. uh, the every government, uh, when so they begins when this government begins, they promised the people we want transparency. Mm-hmm. They we fight against corruption, and at the time, so so at the beginning of the government, so we so enjoy some kind of <laughs> popularity mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the government promised. But uh, in between, they just. Uh, so put aside their promises, mm-hmm. and then so yeah, during this period, so the popularity of or, or the activities of anti-corruption uh, movement is relatively uh, low. Mm-hmm. But the, toward the end of the government, they so usually so yeah uh, entangled in corruption scandals, and <laughs> then so there are lots of demands, yeah. <laughs> and this is kind of rhythms. It is yeah related to the so social and political uh, environment in Asian countries mm-hmm. because of the state and also the corporations mm-hmm. yeah and they dominate the society mm-hmm. and then so the disconnection we called it a uh, iron triangle the public officials and politicians and also corporations there's triangles and mm-hmm. then the corruption always yeah always that there <laughs> in the iron triangle interesting yeah, yeah. What did your parents think about all your activism um, as this was going on? Did they support you? My family? Yeah, your yeah, family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my wife was uh, also activist. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah, okay. therefore, yeah, that is the kind of consensus. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my daughter, yeah, so she's somehow proud of me. And yeah. She, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she was, uh, yeah, she was uh, also a UVic student, mm-hmm. but... Uh, uh, she graduated. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and she's now working yeah, as a part-time job in Madrid. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, so yeah, they support me. And my parents, yeah, they were at first uh, against my uh, activities mm. and my engagement in student movement and democratic movement because uh, that means no future. Mm. And, <laughs> and but uh, after the, the, the democratization, after the, the New civic government, yeah, they somehow passed uh, some kind of problem. But mm-hmm. uh, there's still uh, problems, lots mm-hmm. of problems in, in, in East Asian countries mm-hmm. regarding democratization is not a kind of thing, it's kind of process. And so once uh, democracy is achieved, it is not the end of the game. That just is kind of just beginning of the game. What, what you're studying now is sort of like an extension of or how that how that game continues on now. Um, is that sort of part of what you're looking at uh, with these social movements now? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I already said, the East Asian countries, usually in academic uh, communities, they are famous for the economic development and lots of uh, researchers and 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 experts are interested in how these poor countries uh, can develop, can uh, achieve development during a short period of time, mm-hmm. so which took uh, 
300 years in the Western countries. In East Asian countries, it took only three decades. Mm -hmm. And the other interest is uh, how how these uh, countries, for instance, Taiwan and, and, and Korea, how these small countries can achieve uh, a democratization because there is an authoritarian state. And under the authoritarian state, it is difficult to achieve democracy. And therefore, their focus is highly uh, concentrated on the economic development or democratization from the top. And so, and my interest is there is uh, other narratives, and there is other stories uh, behind or beneath uh, this kind of thin uh, history of the the state and uh, government actors, non-state actors, for instance. My focus is the the role of the social movement, especially labor and women's movement in the process of democratization, mm -hmm. how they interact with the strong uh, state and how they uh, contributed and made, made the, or making the, the process of democratization. Mm -hmm. So rather than like a top-down sort of democratization, but grassroots sort of yeah, from yeah. the bottom up. Is, yeah, bottom mm -hmm. because uh, the, the development process is a kind of mobilization of workers. Mm -hmm. And also, they also need kind of uh, so low-paid job of women. And the uh, workers and women are the main target of the process of development, uh, development process. And the involvement of the workers and women's for the economic development, it is necessary. Mm -hmm. And then, so I think there was, and there, there still are kind of resistance, and also there is kind of a new uh, possibility to open the new arena or new site of democracy. There mm -hmm. is not just procedural democracy, there is also kind of uh, more participatory and more bottom-up democracy. Mm -hmm. So you're interviewing people, and are you talking about social movements um, when, I guess, democracy was sort of uh, just blossoming in these countries? Or are you talking about people who are currently engaged in social movements and trying to strengthen democratic processes? My study uh, begins right before the democratization. Mm -hmm. And for instance, 1980 was the, the, the beginning of my study. Mm -hmm. And so because uh, just 1980 and 1979, uh, the social movement in Taiwan and, and in Korea was uh, severely repressed by the, uh, the government, the regimes. And so tens and tens of people killed or arrested and hundreds of people were killed and massacred in those countries. And they reorganized their activities and but uh, the organization and the process uh, how to democratize their own countries is the process was a uh, bit different just before the democratization how this movement reorganized and tried to uh, uh, democratize the, uh, the country and that ends with uh, that ends in 2000 in 2000 the democratic Progressive party in taiwan won the uh, election mm -hmm. and uh, the former uh, more authoritarian regime so uh, was uh, yeah lost their power mm -hmm. and in 2000 in Korea the social movements they targeted political parties and the regimes and then achieved new uh, kind of uh, success 
and the the beginning was similar, but the end result was uh, quite different uh, types of democracy and democratization. And so my focus is how these uh, two different uh, social movements interact with the regime mm -hmm. throughout the process of democratization, mm -hmm. democratic transition. And you're interviewing people that were involved in this process um, in the two in Taiwan and South Korea. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so, are you? Do you go there to talk to them, or are you talking to people on the phone? Uh, so I try to go there, mm -hmm. and so I I think now I can <laughs> because uh, of the funding. Oh, so perfect. yeah, yeah. So. I tried to yeah, meet people and interviews mm -hmm. and the voice of the voiceless and also yeah, it is important to take or to have their voices mm -hmm. to be heard and also so I want meet uh, activity, activists who were engaged in the democratization process or I also want to meet people newly involved in the after the uh, post uh, transitional period mm. and there are so some kind of uh, categories mm -hmm. uh, uh, with whom I interviewing mm -hmm. yeah I think it's it's obvious to me why you would want to talk to people who are engaged in the process as it was happening but it's slightly less obvious why you want to talk to the people who are newly engaged what kind of information do they give you up for your research I think there will be a uh, differences uh, generation differences or mm -hmm. think uh, for instance uh, is yeah so definitely clear why I interviewed the people who were engaged in democratization movement. The post-transitional period is also important because it is the period of how to shape the, the form of democracy. And so there is a new generation who are relatively less affected by the democratization process. For instance, uh, for our generation, democracy is everything. Mm -hmm. So we need democracy instead of pure uh, liberal economic uh, growth, we need democracy. But uh, new generation think uh, so democracy is a part of our life, mm. and so it is not everything. Therefore, I think to have their voice and compare how they think and what the the, the differences between the between the uh, the, the pre democratization process mm -hmm. and after the the post uh, transitional generation, and so there are. I think there is interesting differences. Mm -hmm. I hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think you're right. That is interesting, though. The people that I guess grew up in a democratic uh, society and maybe take it for granted a little bit more. Mm. Whereas if you're fighting for it, if you're mm. totally engaged and active in trying to achieve that, it probably has a far greater significance for you. Are you interviewing people that you that you knew when you were engaged in the social movements? Is that uh, is that a way to sort of get connected with people? Um, I guess in Korea. Yeah, at least in Korea. Mm -hmm. So I know some uh, activists uh, in Taiwan mm -hmm. who are involved in anti-corruption movement. But my focus is not anti-corruption now. Is I'm focused on labor and women's movement, mm -hmm. and definitely I will interview people. Yeah, whom I know, mm -hmm. and so, but uh, there is a limit because, uh, yeah, some uh, guys, yeah, whom I know, they are they left the social movements or they are now in in they deeply involved in political parties mm -hmm. or they are in elected officials, mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, there are still uh, people who are uh, who still working on the ground. 
And but uh, but they, I think they is they are old, yeah. <laughs> relative old. Yeah. And I think uh, there is a new generation of social movement uh, in South Korea and also in Taiwan. They are not only uh, active in online or in in internet, but also very active networks in in offline. And mm-hmm. I think uh, yeah, interviewing those and meeting those people are more interesting because mm-hmm. <laughs> the other people, yeah, I know what they think. Uh, I I think I think I know what they think. But mm-hmm. uh, I want to more focus on this new generation mm-hmm. and how they think uh, the. Democracy and also, for instance, uh, once I have seen a document uh, film regarding the Germany. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a, a comparison between generation before and after the reunification, mm-hmm. and the new generation. Uh, they even do not remember the there was kind of a. East uh, East Germany or, or former socialist uh, socialist countries. So mm-hmm. they even some the elementary school students they do not believe even. <laughs> oh, wow! The elementary yeah. school students didn't believe it. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So, but uh, but uh, for instance, uh, yeah, forties, yeah, forties or fifties. Uh, so they very vividly uh, so remember the period of yeah. The, mm-hmm. the under the regime or under the so divided land and so there are not only generational or social there's cultural and political mm-hmm. divide I do not expect such kind of distinct uh, very clear uh, boundaries between uh, or gaps between between new and, and old generation but there are mm-hmm. uh, gaps and they uh, probably uh, do not uh, understand uh, the democracy in the same way. What kind of um, what kind of issues are the people that are now engaged in social movements in Korea and Taiwan? What are their main focuses? If they're not fighting to bring democracy to their country, what are the kinds of things that are that they focus on? If you, if you are socially, if you're like a social activist now in those countries, is it similar to maybe things that we see in? United States or Canada? There are many, lots of organizations, mm-hmm. and so some are types, like types like NGOs, and mm-hmm. but uh, some are very uh, grassroots types. As you mentioned, there are so issue-specific movement like uh, peace or demilitarization and environment. But uh, regarding democracy, so there is a wide consensus, I think, how to reform. The still, uh, mm. still conservative and still authoritarian legacies of the the government in the state, and for instance, how to make uh, the process of decision making more transparent, mm-hmm. and how uh, the government, how to make a uh, government more accountable for the uh, for the decisions they made, and and. Also, for instance, uh, in the case of South Korea, so the state has been so weakened since the democratization. So there is no longer so so strong and 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 very authoritarian state. But there are very powerful corporations, and so these corporations were uh, so nurtured uh, 
and also invented by the state in, in the case of uh, South Korea, for instance, Samsung and or LG, these are huge corporations and they even they're even more powerful than the state, and but there is still a connection between the state and these huge corporations, and so they still resist uh, to transform the democracy more in social economic uh, so uh, ways, not just political procedural uh, democracy, but more social democratic or more environment friendly, and this kind of direction is. Uh, consistently uh, resisted by these uh, kind of uh, huge corporations and therefore there are kind of uh, movements against uh, or to transform the the governance of corporations mm-hmm. and to make this corporation more transparent and also delink the, the connections between them. We're almost out of time, but I want to ask you a few more questions and we'll get it all in in there. Um, uh, We talked a little bit about your story about how you got here. There was a 17-year break, then you went back and you finished your degree. Mm -hmm. And then you continued on with school. How did you wind up here at at University of Victoria? I, at first, uh, stopped working in Korea. So, because I think, uh, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I want, uh, somehow, I I want to need the time to look back. And uh, there was no time to look uh, back and to reflect on myself and also in my future. And I think uh, I can and I want to transform this PhD experience. So experience as as a social movement activist in in academic form. Mm -hmm. And I know there are lots of uh, good uh, universities in Korea. There are excellent professors and many students Mm -hmm. are also excellent. But I think uh, so you can learn there how to teach and how to study. But uh, it is difficult, very in relative hierarchical society to, to learn how to learn. Mm-hmm. And, but I think uh, Canada is a uh, yeah, relative good uh, country mm-hmm. to learn how to learn. So I applied uh, also other universities, but uh, my grade uh, in undergraduate yeah. <laughs> is terrible because of my activities. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And, but the UBIC uh, Policy Department, uh, they, yeah, they think my past experience is very valuable asset mm. for, for academic uh, so development, and they accepted me. Mm-hmm. And then so I did my MA here. Mm-hmm. And then so... And were you studying the same, similar thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just at first, at, for my MA, I just focused on how social movements in South Korea contributed to democratization. Mm-hmm. And but uh, this time, I want to expand not only the country, also the the the, the period before and after democratization. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I yeah I met uh, lots of uh, yeah excellent professors and also yeah mm-hmm. co seminarians. I learned a lot, and yeah. I now. I think I know how to learn. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Um, We are all out of time now. I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. And best of luck with your research and congratulations on your award. Thanks. Thank you very much. Again, thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon on CFUV.